Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast, the podcast that will teach you to take your Shopify store and turn it into an automated sales machine with the latest marketing, email, sales, and social media advice, strategies, and tips from experts without the fluff. Your host, Caroline Balinska, the founder of JustAskParker.com, the only small marketing task agency for Shopify owners. With over 10 years experience in marketing, manufacturing, design, and e-commerce, she shares her knowledge and interviews the experts to help you in your journey to success. Now, here's your host, Caroline Balinska. Hi, welcome back everyone to the podcast. I am so happy to have you here. I'm very, very excited today to have Catherine Morehouse with me. The thing is, is that anyone that knows me when it comes to seeing me live, talking at events, or maybe I've done video training or on my Facebook lives, wherever, everyone that knows me knows that I get really passionate about how many people are missing out on using Pinterest. Pinterest is a platform that so many people forget about in the e-commerce space and Catherine is actually a Pinterest rock star. So I've got her on here today. One of her taglines on her website is the best kept secret in marketing for entrepreneurs is Pinterest. So that's exactly how I think about it. We are missing out on so much free traffic from using this platform. And it's amazing what she's going to be telling us today. I have been chatting to her before we actually started recording, and I'm sure you're going to learn so much from today's show. So Catherine Morehouse is actually the founder of CatherineMorehouse.com. She's one of the leading experts in Pinterest marketing for business. Catherine became the go-to expert for helping high-performing entrepreneurs grow their audience and income using Pinterest. And as an entrepreneur herself, she understands the ins and outs of marketing in an online business environment. And her passion for Pinterest has led her to be an expert just in this niche. So the great part about Catherine is that she is actually the founder of her own children clothing store, which is called Zoe and Logan. And if you take a look at her Pinterest account, even now she said she hasn't been doing anything to promote that for about the last year. And she's still getting about a quarter of a million views every single month on Pinterest. That is a quarter of a million views on her Pinterest account for that one company. So I'm really excited. You can probably tell now why I'm so excited to have Catherine here. So let's just get straight into it and welcome Catherine to the show. So Catherine, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Oh, wonderful. This took us a while to get this all working, so I'm so glad that it's finally worked out. And for everyone who's listening, I actually have invited Catherine because of her knowledge with Pinterest. I've invited her on the summit that's coming up shortly. So make sure you go to the show notes on justaskparker.com slash podcast. Go to the show notes for today's episode. And there is a sign-up page for the summit. Catherine is going to be talking about how to work with influencers when it comes to Pinterest. That is going to be a very, very special segment on the actual summit. Today, we're going to be talking more in general because a lot of people have a lot of questions about organic Pinterest and they also have questions about Pinterest ads as well. So today's going to be more of a general thing on how to set up a Pinterest account properly. So Let's get straight into it. Catherine, why don't you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit more about you, and then we can get into some questions. Definitely. So I'm Catherine Morehouse, and as you've all heard, I'm a Pinterest strategist. I think I'm 
even more excited about Pinterest than anybody else in this world. It's always been one of my passions. I even said to my husband before he was my husband, way back um, when we were still dating, if only I could get paid to pin. And that line has been so hilarious now because it is something I do now and I absolutely love it. I, As you heard, I started with a baby clothing line and I began that store a couple of years ago. And through that, in terms of online marketing, I was actually approached by another entrepreneur in the space who asked me to do their social media marketing. So that's how I dived into actually niching down into Pinterest. And what happened was I engaged with a couple of accounts. I got a couple more um, clients in the area. And I decided Pinterest was really giving us the best results. And I was also doing blog posts for them, all kinds of content marketing and all the effort I was putting into it for product-based businesses, service-based businesses were really getting great returns on Pinterest for each piece of content that I was putting out there. So I felt like it was the perfect area to focus on because I felt like it was giving me the best return. And so I decided to niche down into Pinterest and that's what I've been doing for the last couple of years. And I, I, can honestly say I still love going onto Pinterest every single day. And <laughs> it's one of my favorite marketing channels. So that's, yeah, a bit more background about me and what I do. Fantastic. I love people who are passionate about what they do. So that's why it's really great to have you here. So I wanted to ask you about the stats. So a lot of people, when I tell them, you must be on Pinterest, you should be using it. What are the stats about using Pinterest? What are the users like? Who are they? How many people are using it? How does that uh, help e-commerce stores? Well, a couple of months ago, Pinterest released the information that over 200 million people were making, well, there were actually 200 million searches on Pinterest. So that wasn't the users necessarily. That was just the searches that were happening on Pinterest. To give you some background, Pinterest is a search engine. So if, if we talk about social media channels, we talk about engaging socially with people. But when we talk about a search engine, our first thought is Google. So when you think of Pinterest, I always say it's like Pinterest, I mean, Instagram and Google had a baby. That's what Pinterest is. It's the beautiful visuals of Instagram mixed in with the powerful search engine of Google. So when I say that, that Pinterest has told us over 200 million searches are happening monthly on Pinterest and 600 um, million searches are happening visually on Pinterest. It's just amazing, absolutely amazing, thinking that people are searching for products, services, and there's over 200 million searches have per month, just text-based searches. <laughs> and yeah. then we have a lot of people also question, are there even men on Pinterest? So it's always been a case of this, always been 70% women, 30% men. It's actually moving towards a 60-40 ratio at the moment. And the interesting thing is for all the new signups happening, 50% of those signups are men. So if you target men and women, it's a fantastic platform. And don't be afraid thinking it's only for women because 50% of new signups are men. And so that area is really growing on Pinterest. In terms, yeah, in terms of actual e-commerce traffic, it's absolutely phenomenal. I've just done some stats for clients that um, I have and their monthly viewers we've reached for different clients. I'm going to give you a range so you can hear the different ranges that you could potentially reach. We reached 1.2 million monthly viewers for one client this month. We've reached 1.6 million for another client. And I've reached 2 million monthly viewers for another client. So, so it's absolutely phenomenal when you look at 
the potential on Pinterest. And that's pretty amazing just to, I've got a question of what you were just talking about, but those stats are pretty amazing. When I think about setting up a Facebook ad for someone and we're targeting 2 million people, but we're spending money on ads, we've got a cap of $5 or 10 or $20 a day. You're talking about organic free traffic. Yes. So we're talking about monthly viewers to the account, organic traffic to your Pinterest account is potentially, you know, one to two million. So we spoke about the quarter of a million that my baby clothing business has. I haven't touched that account because since that moment in time, I actually closed down the business, but there is still traffic coming to that account because of the organic searches that happen on Pinterest and because of the work that I put in on that profile. So you can really quite easily, if you work your Pinterest account properly, reach a quarter of a million to a million, to 2 million. I've seen some accounts up to 6 million monthly viewers. So that's traffic on your actual Pinterest account. And then when you translate that, you're looking at potentially going from, if you're a brand new account, this is what I always, you know, the average that's brand new account, just starting from scratch, you can expect in the first three months, about five clicks per day. From there, you can grow to about 10 click-throughs to your website per day. And then a couple of months later, you can expect 15 click-throughs per day. Within a year, you can look between 20 to 50, depending on your account. Again, you could go a lot higher, especially with e-commerce stores, but you can look at about 20 to 30 clicks per day. And that just, just continues to go higher. I have some clients where they're reaching 100 to 150, 200 clicks per day. So when you look at the monthly traffic that Pinterest can send your account, it can be anywhere from, let's say, 100 clicks per month right in the beginning all the way up to 6,000 or 10,000 clicks to your website per month. And it can go way beyond that. And the longer you're on Pinterest, the more you engage with it, the more content you put on there, the higher the traffic to your website and especially to e-commerce stores. So it can truly become, and this is organic. I'm not even talking about paid promotions here. I'm talking about organic. So when you're looking at a few years down the line, you could really be getting 10,000 click-throughs per month if you work on it for the next, you know, three to five years, um, you could get 10,000 clicks per month to your website organically. And then if you decide to do promoted pins, you could double that, triple that, do whatever it is, you know, depending on your budget and things like that. Um, you could really increase the traffic to your site from that, especially with e-commerce stores. Wow, that is amazing. So I was looking at your account thinking, wow, you're getting a quarter of a million, but you're telling me that you haven't touched that for a year and that to you doesn't even seem like that much. Yeah, to me, when I look at that, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I haven't really touched it. It's oh. sort of just sitting there. A quarter of a million monthly viewers is, you know, an average amount. When you start brand new, you're going to start with 6,000 monthly viewers on your Pinterest account. Then you're going to go up to, you know, 10,000, 20,000 and so on. And you'll grow up to that point. But you have to understand, I've been working on that account for about two to four years before I shut it down. So it had built up quite a bit. So it was a lot higher in terms of monthly viewers, you know, prior to that. But yeah, it's also one of the things that I want to encourage, especially since we always talk about e-commerce sites and we're talking about, you know, the proper metrics to focus on. Monthly viewers is great to look at and to gauge whether or not you're growing and you're doing well. But you really want to look at your repin rate and your click-through rate. That's always going to be lower than the monthly viewers on your Pinterest account. But as your monthly viewers on your Pinterest account grows, so your repins will grow and your click-throughs will grow. Fantastic. We'll touch on that a little bit later about the repins. Okay, we'll talk about that a little bit later. 
But what I want to ask you first is you were talking about the audience and now it's becoming more men, which is fantastic. But what is the age? Do you have sort of an age range of people that are on Pinterest? Yes. So interestingly enough, it's actually quite broad in terms of the age demographic. You know, they start counting from 18 because they say you have to have, you have to be 18 to create an account. So you've, you've got the range of 18 to 25 is quite a large number of people on Pinterest are in that age range. But then again, you've also got quite a big range between the ages of 30 to 45 and again, 60 onwards. So it's actually quite broad and it depends on your account as to who you attract. So if you're attracting 18 to 25-year-olds, for example, you want to make sure your content engages with that group of people. And your analytics on Pinterest will actually tell you how many people in each age range you've been attracting. So if you seem to be attracting an older group of people, whereas your ideal client is a younger in the younger demographic, for example, then you need to adjust your content. So it's really interesting because with Pinterest, you always think it's either going to be brides or moms looking for SPs, but it's not people over the age of 50. That's not true. There's actually a huge population um, over the age of 50, 60, and 70 using Pinterest. They haven't necessarily told us exactly what age groups make up the largest population because they do percentages and things like that based on interests. So that's what we see. But I've seen a variety across the board because I have ideal, I mean, I have, sorry, not ideal clients. I have actual clients that attract different age ranges. And it's been so interesting to see how big that group actually is. For example, an age range between 25 to 35, we're reaching 1.6 million monthly viewers on Pinterest or views on Pinterest. And then you can have people who are in an older group, an age group, for example, and you're reaching a quarter of a million to a million monthly viewers on that side. So again, there's so many people using Pinterest that it actually, and in such a huge age bracket, it's not necessarily just for young people or just for people who are new moms. Because the content is so varied, it is applicable to people who are just finishing school and starting college, people who are just getting married people who are having a baby, people who are, um, you know, purchasing Nike running shoes because they're going to join some, you know, crazy CrossFit group or something like that. You know, people over the age of 60 or retiring, um, you know, all, all the age groups, which is really actually such a great platform because you, depending on where you, or what age group you attract, you know that they will be there because of the kind of content that's on Pinterest. Wow, that is fantastic. I'm really happy to hear that. So um, I, you've given me even more reason to tell people that they have to be on Pinterest. When you think of, interestingly enough, when you think of Google, you don't think of age ranges. You think most people use Google to search for something um, because, you know, Google basically searches the, the entire internet, let's put it that way, to find content to show you when you search for something. And it's the same with Pinterest because it's a search engine. So that's what makes it so great in those age ranges is that the ages aren't necessarily applicable unless you're targeting a specific age. But in terms of knowing if your age group is on there, they're definitely on there because it's a search engine, which um, is really fantastic. Wow. So can you explain to people a little bit the difference between putting a post and look, I love Instagram, so I'm not trying to say anything negative about it, but can you explain the difference with posting on Instagram compared to posting on Pinterest? Because Pinterest pins stay around a lot longer than the Instagram posts. 
Definitely. I always like to describe it like you. I love Instagram as well. And I like to tell my clients that you shouldn't necessarily have to choose between Instagram or Pinterest. When you think of your marketing channels, you are thinking of, I want to create a channel or use a marketing channel that will send my website traffic. But I also need a channel where I can connect with my audience and find out more about what they want and a bit more about their background and who they are. And they need to know a bit more about me and engage with me as a personal brand. So when you look at it like that, you start to see that Instagram is a place where you can engage with people, comment, um, enjoy conversations, direct message, do background stories and things like that. Whereas Pinterest is a traffic platform. It's a platform where you're putting your content to get traffic to your website. So they actually work really well together when you use both of them. But if you're trying to look at the main differences, when you post something on Instagram, you're posting an image with a caption. At the moment, you can't put a clickable link in that caption. You can only put it in your bio. So when you write the caption, you're saying, this is what the image is about and click on the link in my bio to find out more. Now, what happens is two or three days later, that link has changed to the link for the latest post you've put on Instagram. And so when someone clicks on that old um, Instagram image and reads the caption, unfortunately, they can't click through to find out more unless you've obviously made it a shoppable link um, and your actual image on or your image on Instagram is shoppable. If it isn't, if you're just trying to send them to a blog post or something like that, then unfortunately, they won't be able to go to that place because the link has changed. So it's purely a beautiful image to look at. And unless you engage with it on that day, you won't be able to click the link to visit that specific piece of information. And then what also happens is after, let's say, three or four days, and you've been posting maybe once or twice a day on Instagram, that original Instagram post has gone down the feed and it is no longer necessarily high up there. So unless someone is scrolling your actual feed and clicking on all of your images, they're not going to engage with that post again. So it has a certain lifespan. And I like to, I mean, obviously there are different stats that people give in terms of the lifespan, but depending on how your audience engages with you on Instagram, it could be anywhere from a couple of minutes to the full day to one or two days, you know, just depending on how often you post and how often people engage with you. When it comes to Pinterest, on the other hand, you're adding a piece of content. So you're adding a pin image. That's basically what it means to post. You're going to pin an image to Pinterest and it's going to link to a website piece of content or a shop um, product or anything like that. So it, when it gets pinned, when it gets added, you have to actually add the URL and a description and it will attach it to that pin image. So anytime someone clicks on the pin, it'll enlarge it. And if they click on it again, it'll take them straight to that product, straight to that blog post or straight to the podcast episode, for example. And that is fantastic because it means in days to come, months to come, or years to come, when someone clicks on the pin, it'll still take them to the applicable page on your website. You don't have to worry about it potentially not being able to link up to that product. So if you sell a baby beanie, for example, and I pin this image today and I post it on Pinterest, in a year from now, if someone searches, remember it's a search engine, So if someone searches on Pinterest for a baby beanie and I have associated this pin properly with the correct keywords, Pinterest will show this pin, even though it's two years old, for example, 
under that search result. And if someone clicks on it, it'll take them directly to that baby bee to make the purchase. Now, the time horizon for a Pinterest pin is anywhere from three months to six months. And then obviously, because it's evergreen, meaning it stays on Pinterest forever, it can still show up in search results and still be engaged with for years to come. So they say the average time horizon, like I say, for engagement is three to six months. So you can see maybe the first day you'll get one or two clicks and then three days from now you'll get another click and then it will slowly grow within three to six months to your prime number um, depending on the engagement. But if you keep reposting it, so it's called repinning it, adding it to new boards, adding it to group boards, then you can still get traffic to that link using that pin for years to come. To give an example, I have a client who had a pin image that was pinned by an influencer in the industry, and she didn't have to repin that pin again necessarily because it went viral in terms of being pinned onto an influencer's profile, and they had lots of engagement, but it was a year old. That post was already a year old. So I decided, let me help this post become even more viral by repinning it again, sharing it via group boards and we were able to get 600 clicks on that pin just that one pin per month 600 clicks to that specific blog post just because I kept repinning it because it was added to an influencer's profile and so even though it was a year old and maybe it had passed that time horizon it was still being engaged with then what I did was I ensured that all of the keywords associated with that pin were up to date were correct and Pinterest knew that this pin had to do with this specific keyword or topic. It was about branding. And so when anybody searched on Pinterest for this specific topic about branding, her pin showed up in the search results, meaning we got even more traffic to that specific pin. And now it's been two, three years late. It's actually been three years now. Um, Time goes by so quickly. But it's been three years already, and she's still getting traffic to that pin, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, And so you can see that all of that effort you put in, which I spoke about right in the beginning when I was creating blog posts for my clients back in the day, all that effort that you put in to create the product page, to create the, you know, the blog post, it is amplified on Pinterest for years to come. And that's why it's so powerful because it's, con- it's always going to be linked to that web page. And when you continue to share it, the lifetime is just endless, really. Even though it has a peak horizon, of three to six months where you get the most engagement, you can leave it on there forever, keep repinning it and still get continued traffic to that specific pin. It's that's what makes it so phenomenal. Wow. Oh my God. So you have actually blown my mind and that doesn't happen very often with me, but I can imagine that everyone listening right now is blown away. I knew that you were going to be absolutely amazing today and you have given already, we haven't even, I think I've asked you about three or four questions so far. (laughs) We haven't even really touched the surface yet. And that information is amazing. And anyone listening, you are crazy if you are not trying out Pinterest. So Catherine, so far, this is fantastic. And the information is amazing. And you did mention about influencers. And again, anyone listening to this, make sure you sign up for the summit because Catherine will be a guest speaker talking about influencers specifically. So just about influencers when it comes to Pinterest. So that's going to be, if you're already giving this much information now, then wait until the actual summit because that's going to be very specifically around influencers. So I'm excited for that. So I wanted to ask you as well, 
you um, mentioned quite a few different things about Pinterest and how great it is. Is there any particular e-commerce businesses that it works better for or doesn't work for that you've seen? I've seen that it works for most e-commerce businesses. I can't say that I've actually seen it not work for any e-commerce business. And the reason being that success on Pinterest doesn't necessarily come down to the industry you're in or the product that you sell. It comes down to how much content you have, how you are using Pinterest, and whether or not you are associating your pins with the correct keywords so that the search, the power of the search engine works for you instead of against you. So a lot of times with e-commerce sites, you could be selling something that you think only a small percentage of the world's population would be using. It's a very niche product. And you're asking yourself, will this perform well on Pinterest? The fact is that it could very well perform well on Pinterest if you've got enough content, if you've got enough pins that you're going to put out there and you're using Pinterest properly. Because chances are your audience is definitely using Pinterest. And if they're using Google and not Pinterest, it will be good for you to know that Google actually shows Pinterest pins in the search engine too. So when you search for something on Google, sometimes on the first, second, or third page, you'll actually see some of those links lead to Pinterest pins. And that's because they both use search engine optimization tactics. So you're actually going to be benefiting on both search engines or both platforms, for example. So as an e-commerce store, I don't think you have to worry necessarily about your product. You could always hop onto Pinterest go to the Pinterest search bar and type in the broad topic that relates to your um, e-commerce store or what you, you sell to find out if people are actually searching for that on Pinterest. It might give you a good idea as to whether or not there are competitors on there, whether people are actually looking for the solution, or whether or not people are looking for the solution, but no one is providing the solution yet. And so you can find all of that when you use the Pinterest search bar and see what results come up. But I would definitely just encourage you to look at, do I have enough content and am I going to be sharing enough content and enough products and you know pin images and variations of pin images for these products so that I'm utilizing Pinterest properly and therefore getting the traffic that I want. Excellent. So or pretty much it is anyone who is in, has an e-commerce store, get on Pinterest. That's definitely what I'm understanding from this. At least, like you said, do some research and see. So I wanted to ask you, a lot of people are asking about Pinterest ads. So can you sort of give us an understanding of what the difference is between Pinterest ads and Pinterest boards when it comes to how people see that when they're scrolling through Pinterest? Definitely. So a Pinterest pin, for example, which would be your organic Pinterest pin, something you just add to Pinterest without having to pay, that will show up in your Pinterest home feed. Now, a Pinterest board is where you or other pinners will save pins. So kind of like a vision board, the cork board you have at home, you know, in your office, something you pin things onto, that's what it traditionally was. So that's what a Pinterest board is. It's a virtual place for you to collect ideas surrounding a specific topic. But a Pinterest pin is the actual post that you add to Pinterest. That is what you will then promote. So you're not going to promote a board. You're going to promote an actual pin. But what I always suggest is you add a Pinterest pin first. You let it run for a month to three months organically. See the engagement, the click-throughs, the repins. Find out if people are engaging with your content first, engaging with that pin image. Is the design something that they like and they're clicking through on? 
is the text appropriate? Once you start seeing that people are organically engaging with that piece of content, then you can go ahead and promote it. Now, the difference between a promoted pin, so a promoted ads, sorry, before I jump ahead, promoted ads on Pinterest are called promoted pins. So when you think of Facebook ads, Pinterest's version is called promoted pin because you actually promote the pin itself. And so that's what that is when I refer to that. Now, with a normal pin, you're going to be adding that to Pinterest. And when someone scrolls their home feed, they're going to see these pins pop up. When you promote a pin, it'll show up exactly the same in the home feed, except at the bottom where the text is, it's going to show that it's been promoted by someone. It doesn't stand out majorly. And it also doesn't necessarily obstruct their scroll or make them feel like it's not something they want to look at. So this is the really great thing about promoted pins is Pinterest is a search engine. So a lot of the promoted pins are related around search topics. So when you start targeting people on Pinterest, Pinterest is going to make sure that this pin image, even though you promote it, it has to show up in a pinner's feed if they have that interest or if they've searched for that or if it's something that they like and Pinterest knows it's something that they like. They don't want to promote it to someone just for the fun of it. They're going to promote it to you if they believe you will click through and if it's going to enhance your search and help you. So that's a really, really great feature that they use. So when you look at um, scrolling through your home feed and you see your pins, a lot of times pinners won't actually know that they're seeing a promoted pin because it's filters into their home feed so well. Now, when they click to enlarge the promoted pin, it does have some really great features. It's going to show a banner at the bottom with the full title and a color, and then it's going to allow them to swipe up and they'll be able to reach your website on that specific promoted link. And so it has some really great ways for people to click through a lot easier when it comes to a promoted pin. Um, but in terms of promoting the pin, for example, like I said, you want to wait three months, make sure there's engagement. Promoted pins are, like I said, search related. And so you want to make sure that before you go ahead and promote it, you have found the appropriate keywords to associate with a pin. You've looked at your engagement and you've seen that, yes, this is something I want to actually promote. When you go ahead and promote it, it's going to show up in people's search feed, but also when they actually search for something. So if my promoted pin has to do with that baby beanie we were talking about and a mom or a mom-to-be is searching for baby beanies, it's more likely that Pinterest will add that promoted pin into their feed because they are more likely to click on it. Fantastic. So I'd like to talk more about the actual free part of Pinterest. So talking about just putting up a pin on Pinterest because I think that's very interesting what you say is put up the pin first, check it out, see how it goes, and then run an ad. So, um, of course, people can just go straight in with the strategy of running ads, so the promoted pins. But like you're saying, if you are going for that long-term strategy, doing it the organic way first and then doing a promoted pin. So let's talk a little bit more about the free part. So just putting up a pin on Pinterest. What is the biggest benefit for a strong Pinterest strategy? So when you add a pin to Pinterest, in order to really make sure that it's going to have the best possible reach and engagement, you need to do your research before you add your content to Pinterest. And that's called keyword research. Pinterest makes it really easy for you to do. This is really going to be the key to your overall Pinterest strategy. And it's going to help you in more than just the area of adding a pin, for example. You're going to go into the Pinterest um, app or onto the desktop and you're going to use the search bar. 
you're going to type in the broad topic that your business relates to. So let's say, for example, Pinterest marketing. We're going to talk about what I do. If I want to know, should I add my content? Um, maybe I'm a blogger or an e-commerce business that sells anything to do with Pinterest marketing, for example. I'm going to type in Pinterest marketing into the search bar. And I'm going to hit enter. Underneath the search bar, little blocks, they filled with color, are going to appear. That's the guided search. Pinterest has created something called the Pinterest guided search. What it was meant to do is all pinners, so Pinterest users, were searching very similar things over and over again, exactly the same thing. And every time they typed something in, the next thing that they would type in would be pretty much the same. So they would type in Pinterest. Oh, no. Okay. Pinterest marketing. Okay. I want to go a bit deeper. Pinterest marketing tips. And Pinterest started to see this data come in. And they realized, let's make it easier for pinners so they don't have to keep typing in every time they want to go deeper into a search. Let's rather make buttons that they can click so that they can easily move through the search process and stay on Pinterest without feeling like they, you know, they have to keep searching, keep searching, and they're not finding what they need. So that is why Pinterest created the guided search. It was to guide pinners through the search process. But as a marketer, you can use this to identify what the top keywords are in relation to the topic that you are talking about, that you have products on or anything like that. So it actually tells you what most of the people who are searching for this kind of topic are searching for and what keywords they're using. So if I'm looking, let's actually go to an e-commerce example since we're talking about Shopify. If I'm talking about the baby beanie, I know that I have that an overall topic is baby clothing. Okay, we could go, we could dive straight into baby beanie and search for that, but let's go broad and we type in baby clothing. When I hit enter, I'm going to see little blocks appear. And on the far left is the highest search term in relation to baby clothing, meaning most of the people who are looking for baby clothing typed in this keyword. And potentially the word in that block would be boy. So then you know boy's baby clothing is one of the highest search terms on Pinterest in relation to baby clothing. The next one may be girl's baby clothing, you know, something like that. Or maybe it's um, gender neutral baby clothing. But you're going to start seeing through these keywords what the highest search terms are. And this is so important because it's telling you what people are actually searching and typing in into Pinterest. Not what you think they're typing in, but what they're actually typing in. And this is so valuable when you start creating pins, when you create boards, when you create your Pinterest profile, because you want to make sure, like I said, you're optimizing your profile for the search engine. You want to make sure that Pinterest knows my Pinterest profile is to do with baby clothing and specifically baby beanies. Let's say you only sell one product, specifically baby beanies. So I want Pinterest to know that anytime a mother, a mother-to-be, a young person, an old person, anybody who wants to buy or search anything related to baby clothing, when they type that into the search bar, Pinterest is going to show my content specifically because my content is associated with that keyword. So that's how Pinterest will figure out what content should I display? Pinterest doesn't want to show unrelevant content or irrelevant content, sorry, to a um, pinner. They want to show content that they've actually been looking for because Pinterest doesn't want people to leave Pinterest. They want to make sure that they're actually answering the questions they have. So no irrelevant content. And that means finding pinners or finding Pinterest marketers, for example, who are sharing the answers and matching that content to the actual search results. So keyword is a must. You have to do the keyword research. So when you're adding your pin, because that's what we're talking about here, when you're adding your pin to Pinterest, 
you need to already start and know exactly what keywords you're going to try and associate this pin with. That is the first step in making sure that your pin will outperform other pins that maybe don't have keywords associated with it or any other pins in your industry that are going to be competing against your pin. Fantastic. So how long will it take to set up a good strategy on Pinterest? Well, I always say if you're going to focus on it, when I do this for my clients, it takes about a month. For someone who's maybe uh, got a lot on their plate and it's a very busy season, you can look at one to three months for your full setup. Um, Again, I know that may sound a bit long. Maybe one month sounds like a long time. It doesn't actually take that long necessarily. It's just that you know you can't spend 24-7 on the computer setting it up. Um, You've actually got other work to do. But when you think in the long term, like I was talking about the one year from now, two years from now, three years from now, the kind of return you're getting, one to three months of proper setup will seem like such um, a minuscule amount of time. So when you're setting up your Pinterest profile and a proper strategy, it can be easy for you to say, okay, I can set up my strategy in a day, but actually to implement the strategy is what takes the one month to three months. So that would be setting up your profile properly to ensure that it's optimized. Now, like I say, if you spend maybe a full week on it or a full day, you might be able to do it a lot quicker, especially if you've got some answers like I know what my end goal is, I know who my ideal client is, then you do the keyword research. Keyword research for me, I can find 50 keywords within a matter of 30 minutes, for example. I could probably find 50 keywords in 10 minutes, but if I'm really doing my research and I'm taking my time, it can take up to 30 minutes to really get all the keywords you want to associate with your profile. And from there, the implementation really just comes down to setting up your boards and knowing where the buttons are and things like that. And I've just found that when you're not really familiar with Pinterest, it takes about a month. And if you don't have a lot of time, it takes about three months. If you're going to space it out with only doing about 20 minutes of work a week on Pinterest, then it will take about three months to get it set up. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I call the foundational parts of your business, the foundational parts of setting up your Pinterest is that keyword research. Yes, it takes time, but once it's done, yeah, you don't do that again. You know, you can be adding to it over time, but really that's the foundation. And if you don't have the foundation right, the rest is just going to fall down anyway. Definitely. And I always get that from my clients as well. We always talk about that first month as being really, this is the month we've got to focus in on the setup. It seems like a lot of, you know, just creating boards and creating pin images and doing all of those kind of things. But once you pass that stage, the maintenance becomes a lot easier. And like you say, you don't have to update that often because you've done the work beforehand. You've set up a proper foundation. Fantastic. So one of the things that just asked Parker that we recommend to our clients, because, you know, we try to cut corners is not the word, but we try to set things up in the fastest way possible for the least amount of um, time. And, you know, a lot of people have got quite a strict budget. So we actually recommend setting up gift guides. So doing the, you know, this is the top 10 gifts for Christmas or Mother's Day and things like that. Do you have any ideas of other types of posts that people can do that are quite easy to set up or especially for e-commerce stores? I love gift guides as well. <laughs> I guess it's, just, it's not just me. A lot of Pinterest users love gift guides. But as an e-commerce store, there are a variety of posts that you could create. Really, um, you can look into specific products and do specific features. So feature one product and talk about the benefits of the product, the uses of the product, 
Um, you could also put together a, um, a blog post answering questions that a lot of people have. So one of the great things when you're in e-commerce stores, you can go onto Pinterest, like I say, do this keyword research, but find out what people are asking. Because oftentimes when you type in these keywords, you're going to start seeing posts come up related to things like how to plan a birthday party or how to do some, uh, let's say, how to set up a baby shower. Now, if you have baby clothing, it may be in your best interest to give a couple of tips, maybe the five best baby shower theme ideas. And within that post, you're able to display some of your products as potential things that you can use. If you're a party planner, again, you can look into baby showers, birthday parties, anything related to that where you can feature one of your products. A lot of highly searched um, topics, for example, in all areas is themes, whether it's a wedding theme, a birthday theme, um, you know, fall fashion theme, anything like that. A lot of it has to do with themes. And so you can really start creating seasonal theme posts where you talk about the best, the five best X's for this theme, you know, so five best Disney themed birthday party ideas, five best Disney party favors that you could use for a birthday party. And then you can actually showcase your Disney products that you have there for that specific birthday party. So themes are very um, highly searched and it's a great topic to cover. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. There's always a theme, a seasonal theme, an event theme, anything like that that is related to your kind of products. And it's just about identifying the different themes people search for and then putting together some posts. People love things like the top five or the best ways to or how to set up. Um, any kind of post that starts like that where you're talking about a specific theme is very useful. So look at your products. Look at the themes in your industry and the seasons in your industry and see how you compare your products with certain topics like that um, because that's actually going to lead people into your website, even if it's just telling them the five best Disney um, party favors. Maybe you only have one Disney party favor that you sell. You can feature others, but it's going to allow people to come into your space, acknowledge that you're a really great content creator, you do really great Disney themed things and you sell this one product. So they're likely to potentially click through and purchase that product or at least visit the link to that product from your blog post. So there is really a variety of things you can do, but I definitely look at themes in your industry. Wow. This is absolute gold. If people are listening to this and might be a little bit confused because you're giving so much information, go back and listen to this again because Catherine, you're giving away absolute gold. This is so much great information for people with e-commerce stores. So thank you. And it, it really is going to make a difference to a lot of people's uh, Pinterest accounts. So if someone's listening and going, okay, this is sounding really interesting and I want to take action. What are the steps that people need to take if they want to start and build their Pinterest profile? So the first step is to go onto Pinterest um, and open up a business account. You want to start a business account. It's not negative. It's actually a positive. I know a lot of people who've come to me saying, should I do a personal account because I'll get greater reach? It's not true. You actually get greater reach when you use a business account because Pinterest wants to pair your business content with answers as the answers that the pinners are looking for. You also get a huge array of marketing tools and features when you open a business account. So you really want to go ahead and do that. Then you want to follow their settings. So they have a settings page, and it starts right from the beginning. It's very easy to follow. You just start right at the top 
and you scroll down and you begin answering everything they want you to answer. It's going to be your profile name, put up a great image, um, all of those different steps. You really want to make sure you fill that out because we were talking about Pinterest foundation. This is super important to start properly. The first step is we always want to go and dive into adding a pin or creating a pin image or creating some boards and sharing our content, but you don't want to start there. You want Pinterest to know exactly what you're about, and that means starting with the settings. To give you an example, I set up a fake profile. Well, not a fake profile. It was a testing profile for my core students, and I showed them that I didn't have to add any pins. All I did was I added the Pinterest name, the Pinterest description. I added board names, and I added some board descriptions, all using the keyword research. I hadn't added a single pin. And this specific profile was to do with travel. And when I started, my home feed for this travel account was filled with a lot of stuff that was unrelated to what my profile was going to be about. The next day, after having set up this profile, I came back in. My entire home feed had to do with travel, and it was targeted to travel. Why? Because I added those keywords and I did the settings properly. I hadn't even added a pin yet. I hadn't even pinned a pin or shared a pin or anything. Simply by putting in the text in the board names and the board descriptions, profile names, all the settings they want you to do, and they already knew immediately that this profile had to do with travel. And it was absolutely phenomenal and amazing. So it made me really excited to say, make sure you get your settings right. So go ahead and do that. Now, something I do want to touch on quickly that I want you to set up in the beginning is rich pins, okay? Especially for e-commerce sites and especially for Shopify stores. So with an e-commerce site, you are selling products. Rich pins is a feature that Pinterest has given business profiles where a pin has extra data attached to it, meaning extra information. So for a product, for example, if you enable a product rich pin, then the pin that you add to Pinterest that links to a specific product on your website, on Pinterest it will show the price of the product, whether it's in stock or out of stock, It'll show whether or not it's on sale, and it will do that automatically. It'll also show the description of the product and the title of the product, meaning pinners can actually see the price of your product, all of that information directly in Pinterest. So it removes the barrier to entry. They don't have to click through to find out anything else. They can actually see it straight away, and when they click through, you know that 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 click is more validated because they've actually seen extra additional information including that it's in stock, oh, prices, etc. So it's absolutely phenomenal. And so that setting, is that actually while you're setting up your account, there's that option to set up the rich pins? So that would come under the section where you would fill in your website. It, there's going to be a button called claim your website. This is the first step. So you're going to click claim your website and it's going to ask you to put certain code in it. Now, not with Shopify stores because you can actually attach the Shopify store as a sort of like a plugin to Pinterest, similar yes. to Tailwind. In the Shopify side, you say connect the two and then it does it automatically. So that's great for Shopify stores. But if you have a WordPress site or a Squarespace site with products, you're going to have to put in some code. And there's really easy plugins. Squarespace has a specific space for it. Pinterest, you can use the Yoast SEO plugin and it copies that code. Now what happens is it says, okay, your website is verified. That means... You will get analytics on anything that leads to you know, the specific website. 
But once you've verified your website, now you can apply for Richmond's. There's a specific link for it, and I can send it to you so you can put it in the show notes. Maybe it will make it easier. Um, but it's going to be the Richpin developer link, and you're going to enter that into the you know your Google URL, and it's going to ask you to select a URL from your website, one product, one blog post, anything like that. I would choose just one product, go into that product, copy the URL of that product, paste it, and click validate URL. And what that's going to do is it's going to try and enable rich pins and make sure that you've got the right code in there. But you only actually need the verification code for verifying your website in order to open up this opportunity for rich pins. Like I say, <laughs> Shopify stores actually enable that um, quite easily. So you don't have to go through as many hoops. Okay, fantastic. So um, after we finish recording, I'll get you to give me that link and I'll put that in the show notes. So anyone who's listening, just ask parker.com slash podcast. There'll be a link there to the actual show notes for this episode. And there'll be those links in there that um, Catherine's going to share with us. So Catherine, once again, I'm absolutely um, blown away with all the information you're giving. It's definitely way, way more than I ever expected. I still have a few more questions for you, if you don't mind, even though I know that we have gone so far over the time that I expected, but I just don't want to stop here because I think <laughs> that you are providing amazing content. So I want to ask you, what are the first steps for setting up a promoted post if someone wanted to do that? So like I mentioned before, you want to add the pin to Pinterest and Pinterest makes it very easy to simply pin the image from a website or you can upload the pin directly into Pinterest. That's adding the pin natively. Then what happens is you want to click promote. There's going to be a button hovering over the pin and you can click promote from that section. I wouldn't though if this is your first time doing it. You really want to use the ads manager. So if you've created a Pinterest business account, in the top left-hand corner, you'll see a button called ads. You'll hover over that and go down to the overview. And then it will give you an option to select the type of ad you want to do. Do you want to do audience engagement, um, video ad? Do you want to do a um, traffic ad? I always go with traffic specifically because you generally want to send them to a specific link. Um, so you can click on the traffic one. And then it's actually going to take you through very simple steps to start promoting your pin. It's very easy to follow. They ask you to put in your ads budget, your date, but the, my, fav, my absolute favorite part of the process when you start promoting a pin is it asks you to set some keywords that you want to associate with this promoted pin. So anytime what someone searches that keyword, your pin will show up in that search result or your promoted pin will show up. Now, you can actually use specific brackets around a word to say it must be an exact phrase match. So it must match this phrase exactly when someone searches or it must be a broad match or it must be... Um, just basically anything that relates to even one of the words in that keyword. So there's different ways you can set your keywords and it makes it very interesting when you create a promoted pin because you can really set it for any of the keywords and you can do some keyword research there too. Um, but that's really how you're going to go ahead and promote that. And then what it's going to do once you're ready to promote is it's going to ask you to select a pin. So you have to already have added your pin to Pinterest that you want to promote. And then it will simply let you click that and you'll click promote and your promotion will begin. My suggestion, like I say, is set an organic pin for three months and then promote the pin. So you know that it gets the engagement that you want already. Then you just amplify that with the ads. Um, but like we men mentioned earlier, sorry, uh, when you add a, pin, a new Pinterest pin and you want to just do a promotion straight away, you can do that. 
it's obviously untested. So you're going to be paying money to test whether the text works, whether the image works and all that kind of stuff, um, which is why I always say go with the organic side first, validate the engagement and then promote. But it's not impossible. You can actually start a promoter without having the foundation, without having any of that. It just means you may pay more in the end. No, that's fantastic. And that's what makes it very different from Facebook because you set up a Facebook ad and you're just running the ad and you're, like you said, you're testing that ad and you're spending money on it. But the great thing is with Pinterest, you can actually do all your testing without spending a single cent before you actually um, run the actual promoted post pin. Exactly. And it makes it so much better for you because you validate the text, you validate the image, you know you're getting clicks through. So you actually, what a promoted pin becomes in the end is simply an amplification of your results that you're getting organically, which is ideally what you want when you're getting good traffic from a specific pin. So can I ask you on that note, let's say for instance, I've got, I've got a client of mine, she sells homeware, kitchen uh, homeware for the house. And let's say she puts up a candle, an image of a candle and she has uh, like a candle holder or a candle or something. And let's say that she uses a different design. Maybe, let's say one time she uses it with a dark background and then the same image, but on a white background. So, and then the text is going to be in a slightly different font. Let's say one's got bold font and one's got small font. Let's say she had those two different things. Could she run, put up those two actual pins in different boards on her Pinterest and see which one gets the best traction and then run that as the actual promoted post, a promoted pin. Definitely. She could even add those two pins in the same board. You don't have to separate them into different boards. You can add multiple pin images for the same product to Pinterest to the same board um, as long as it relates to that topic because your ideal client or different versions of your ideal client. So sometimes your ideal client may be more interested in, um, you know, white backgrounds. They may be more uh, likely to click on that. And some of your other ideal clients are more likely to click on a darker background. So sometimes it's good to have the variation simply because it's attracting two different ideal clients, but it's also a great way to test. So sometimes this is just an added thing. Sometimes what happens is both of them will perform exactly the same. And then you question, which one should I promote? <laughs> because they're giving me the same results. So generally, when one stands out over the other, you'll promote that one. And it's a great way to test it organically without paying. But what if you get the same results for both of them and you don't know which to promote? Then my suggestion is you do a two-week promotion campaign for both of them at a smaller budget and you test which one gets the best conversions. And then what happens is you end the other promotion and you increase the budget from then on for that specific promotion. So you'll just test the promotion side after doing the organic side if they both get the same results. Fantastic. So what are the most common mistakes that you're seeing that people make when it comes to Pinterest? One of the biggest mistakes would definitely be um, not using keywords in their Pinterest profile and their Pinterest pins, not filling out those descriptions. It's also got to do with the fact that sometimes people don't, um, they don't really use their branding or logos or anything like that on their Pinterest images. Now, occasionally it's a good thing where you've got products and sometimes you just display the products. But an interesting thing is people start to build brand recognition and they start to develop a sense of trust 
when they see the same type of pin over and over again. So I know when I see an Oreo ad, for example, on Pinterest, or when I see a Nike ad, because their branding, even though they may not put their logo on it, it's actually on their product. So you can see it immediately. And you begin to trust those pins. When you're not that big necessarily, like a big corporation like that, you are going to be looking at potentially using your logo or your website as text on the image, unless your product has your logo on it. And you can make it very appealing, so you don't have to make it stand out, make it feel like it's a jarring um, you know, contrast to the actual product image, but you can make it fill in really nicely um, into the corners or into the center at the bottom. And what will happen is the more people start seeing your pins and your logo specifically with your pins, they'll start to build that brand recognition. And another thing I often don't see is where people will create new pin designs for every pin that they create. And what happens is they actually dilute their brand in the end because they don't create the brand recognition they need and they start venturing off into using colors that are outside of their brand spectrum. They start to move text into different places and then they use um, pin images that aren't as effective. So I always suggest creating some templates that are related to your brand colors, that are related to the style that you want to use and using those over and over again so you can build a form of brand recognition. Even if it doesn't use your brand colors or your logo, maybe it's the way the picture is taken. Maybe it's the style of the image or a specific feature that always appears in the images that you share. Those kind of things have a huge effect on people subconsciously when they scroll through Pinterest and it starts to build that kind of trust. So you really want to do that. And I see often people end up diluting their brand and running off and because someone says, you know, red is a really good color to use on Pinterest because it stands out. Everybody wants to use red, but it has nothing to do with their business or even their branding. And so it actually harms their brand because it doesn't relate to their actual brand. And when someone clicks through on the pin, the website is maybe a soft color palette And so they think, was that pin even associated with this website? I'm not sure. And then they become a little less likely to click through on your pin next time. Yeah, great advice. And uh, we saw the same thing five years ago with Facebook where everyone was doing, oh, Facebook's blue, so we're going to make it look like it's part of Facebook. So we're all going to do blue. So it's exactly the same thing as what people are doing with Pinterest. But you're right, it's all about brand. Yeah, Don't, don't try to veer off and do something because everyone else is doing it, do it because it suits your particular brand. Exactly. And so I have one final question because we did speak about this at the very beginning. So I do want to bring it up now. You mentioned repins and clicks. So I want to know about the analytics involved in Pinterest. Yes, it's one of my favorite features. Okay, I should actually say I have so many favorite features about Pinterest. (laughs) But one of my favorite is definitely the analytics because it gives you insight into your customers. And that is so important when you're creating new content or even when you're trying to figure out what you should be pinning in the month ahead. So when you go into your Pinterest account in the top left-hand corner next to the ads button, you'll see the analytics button. So when you hover over that, it'll take you to an overview. Um, And that will give you three blocks. It's the purple block, the blue block, and the green block. That's the best way I describe it because visually you can see that they have different colors. The green block is associated with analytics relating to every pin that's been added to your profile. So anything you've pinned to your boards, well, all those analytics will show up there and it will show you an overview of the impressions that you received that month on all of those pins. It'll show you the repins that you received and it will show you the click-throughs 
So that means traffic to the websites of those pins. But that involves other people's content and your content. So it's good to see, and I often use that to identify what are people engaging with. So I go to the click section, and I see maybe that on this profile, a lot of people have been clicking on a pin from that I pinned from someone else that had to do with gray baby beanies. And I realized, okay, wow, so it looks like a lot of people are interested in a gray baby beanies at the moment. Maybe I need to create a pin because I have a gray baby beanie, but I just never thought of saying it's a gray baby beanie. You know, So maybe I should create a pin for that, an additional pin, for example, that highlights the fact that it's a gray baby beanie um, because I can see a lot of people engaging with that kind of content through the click-throughs that I see in that analytics. Or maybe you see that a lot of people are clicking on, you know, those gift guides. So what should I do? I should definitely create a gift guide because I see a lot of people engaging with that in terms of repins and clicks. The purple box talks about your reach. That's how many people you are reaching and engaging on Pinterest every month. So it's good to take a look at that. It also gives you demographics information. So tells you the age, what um, if they're using desktop, mobile, etc. And it's really good to find out a bit more about your audience through that specific um, section in the analytics. The most important section of your analytics is the blue block. That block relates to analytics for your verified website. So that means if you've got an e-commerce store, that block is going to show you all the analytics on your pins that lead to that e-commerce store. So you want to click on that and you want to take a look at your impressions. How many people are you reaching per month? Is it going up? Is it going down? Sometimes you'll start to develop seasonal trends. You'll start to see, okay, December is a very peak period. So I see that all my analytics go up for my account then. But then I find that in February, it goes a little down. Um, so that really will help you identify what to expect, but also what kind of actions you could potentially take in the future to help during the low seasons. And then you move to the repin section. This is going to tell you how many people have shared your pins. So they have repinned it. So we talk about pins and repins and everything. When you think of Facebook, you're talking about someone sharing your post. That's what a repin is on Pinterest. It means someone shared your pin onto their boards on their Pinterest profile. And it's really good because it says that they liked your pin and they engaged with it enough to say, I need to save this either for later or to share with my audience. Now, when someone repins it to their profile, all of their followers, all of the people that they're reaching will be able to see that pin. So repins are really great for you to pay attention to and you really want to increase that repin number per month over time because it really does help increase your reach and your potential to reach new audiences. Then you will take a look at your clicks. Now this, again, this is the gold mine that you want to look at because this is telling you how many people are clicking on your pins and going straight to your website. And that's going to tell you, is it increasing, decreasing? Again, what are the seasonal trends? But not only that, it's going to tell you what pins they're clicking on the most. So now you can start to see the popularity of your different pins. Which ones seem to be getting more click-throughs, more traffic? Now what I'm going to do with that information, I'm going to say, well, there's multiple things I can do. But one of them is I'm going to go back to my website and I'm going to look at that um, product if it's being pinned a lot and it's being clicked on a lot from Pinterest, I'm going to go back to that product and make sure I've optimized that page in the best possible way to get a sale or to get an opt-in to my email list or anything like that. I'm going to make sure that I've made that page the best page possible because it looks like I'm getting a lot of traffic from Pinterest on that pin. So I want to 
amplify that, leverage it. So I want to make sure that it's being used properly. It also is going to tell me that at this time of year, people are really interested in this product that I have. So come next year, I need to make sure that I'm sharing this pin again at this time of year and sharing it with more people across Pinterest to my boards and to my group boards. So that kind of analytics is extremely important and it also identifies for you what your audience is interested in so you can create more products like that or more blog posts like that. Um, and even it's, gonna, it's even going to tell you what kind of images people are engaging with because you're going to start to see a trend. Which of the pin images seem to be getting a lot more clicks than the other pin images? Then you're going to start using that template instead of the others. Fantastic. So I love your passion, Catherine. It is absolutely <laughs> amazing because we can tell that you definitely love Pinterest and you definitely know everything that there is to know. The fact that you know where every single analytic box is and that is fantastic. So thank you so much. This has been absolutely amazing. And I know that all my listeners will be blown away by this content. And I know that most of them will have to go back and listen again because you have given so many amazing pieces of gold information that they will, that they probably didn't even know was the case when it comes to Pinterest. So thank you so much. I want to let people know how they can actually get in touch with you because after this, I'm sure that a lot of people will want to reach out to you. So you do have a free checklist and how can people find that and how can people get in touch with you? Thank you so much. So I've absolutely loved chatting about Pinterest. I do have a huge passion for it. <laughs> but uh, you can find me at katherinemorehouse.com. You'll definitely find all the areas where you can connect with me. Um, so if you want to send me an email, just go to that contact page, pop me an email. I'm always happy to answer questions. And my free checklist is ready to help you get started. So we spoke about getting started right from the beginning. The 10-step checklist is really going to help you go through everything you need to get started with Pinterest. So right from the beginning, setting up your account, setting up Richpins, all of those different steps. And you really have 10 steps that you have to cover to make sure you've set up the proper foundation. Some of them may take a little bit longer. Some of them are a lot quicker. Um, but this 10-step checklist will just help you will help guide you through the process when you get started so you don't feel overwhelmed or confused. And you can find that at katherinemorehouse.com forward slash 10 steps. And it's the number 10. Um, so it's katherinemorehouse forward slash 10 steps. Fantastic. Well, everyone, like I've said a couple of times already, I'm going to get Catherine onto the Influencers Summit that I will be running in October. So if you want to work with influencers and Pinterest is an area that a lot of people don't think about when it comes to working with influencers. And because as you can tell already that Catherine has so much information, so much knowledge about Pinterest, I will be getting her on that summit. Come to the show notes for this episode. So it's justaskparker.com slash podcast. On that page, you'll find the link to the show notes for this actual episode and then sign up for the summit and you will get free access to Catherine talking about influencers, working with influencers via Pinterest. And I've already spoken to her about it. She's going to be giving away absolute pieces of um, gold information for that as well. But as for today, Catherine, you have been absolutely amazing. I cannot thank you enough for the information you've given me and my audience because it has really, really made a huge difference, not just to me, but to them as well. So thank you for being here. And I can't wait to do the summit with you as well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about the summit as well. It's going to be fantastic. Fantastic. Thanks, Catherine. And thank you everyone for listening. And until next time, have a wonderful day. 
Thanks for listening to the Winning with Shopify podcast. Join the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash winning with Shopify and get our show notes at justaskparker.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And as a listener, get 20% off at justaskparker.com by using the code podcast.